Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor podcast. My name's Chris, and I'm joined by my wife. Hi, I'm Kelsey, the wife. Okay, so we just finished watching season one, episode one of Survivor Borneo, which takes place in the middle of the South China Sea, where 16 players were divided into two tribes. We have the Pagong tribe and the Tagi tribe. So these 16 players are competing for $1 million in a 39-day game where they will compete in immunity challenges, and then the losing tribe will have to go and vote somebody off until we get down to a final two. And then when we are to the final two, a group of people who have been voted out of the game then will vote for a winner. So you have to vote people out, but in such a way that you think at the end of the game they're going to vote for you to win the million dollar prize. So this game has three key parts of the game. There's the outplay, which is your competition in the challenges, your work around camp, things like that. Then there's outwit, which is your social and strategic part of the game. So the social part of the game is a major part of this game because you want to build relationships and trust with people so that they will vote for you at the end, but at the same time, you have to find a way to vote out the people you think are going to beat you. So it's very complex and very nuanced. And then the last part is outlast, which is pretty clear because you want to be the last person and claim that title of sole survivor with the million dollar prize. So this being the first full episode that you've watched of Survivor, what are some of your thoughts so far? So you talked about how it gets more like complex later in the show um, and how they add more things. And I think I was thinking about you saying that. So in my head, I was just like, oh, this is like a very um, early version of the show. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of what it's going to be like. But also I know that it's going to like evolve quite a bit. Yes. Okay. And so I actually wrote down a lot of things that have changed a lot since season one. So in season one, they were able to, they had two minutes to get everything off a boat that they could. And that is a staple that does stick around in a lot of seasons, not every season. One of the things I noticed is when they were jumping off the (laughs) ship, a lot of them were wearing life jackets. And I actually think that's something they don't really provide to players in later seasons. They expect you to know how to swim or get on the life raft. I don't think they provide life jackets in later seasons. Um, They were provided a lot of canned food with some of the stuff that they got off the boat. And in later seasons, they're not given canned food. Um, They're given a bag of rice and a bag of beans. And then eventually they get down to where they're only offered a bag of rice. And then in the newer seasons, seasons 41, 42, 43, they are only given a pot a machete, and a flint. They're not even given rice. So this is actually kind of an easier version of the game where there's no hidden immunity idols. There's no advantages. They're given lots of food from the beginning. Uh, They're still starving, but it's a lot easier than in the later seasons where they have almost no food to go off of. Um, Something interesting that you said as we were watching the show was you were saying you think the game will get easier the more and more people are voted out. And so I'm just curious, why do you think that? When you get a group of people together like that, especially people who don't know each other and people of different ages and like different backgrounds, like it's like we saw in the first few minutes, they just kind of kept arguing about what to even talk about. And like, it really seems like the less people there are, 
and you know the more people they vote out of that group like the more smoothly things are gonna run like that's what i would think <laughs> that is interesting you have to get rid of the people who are kind of just not contributing anything because if they're not they're kind of in the way that does make sense the idea of you know voting personality out. wise not even like the physical work like i'm just saying less personalities might be easier yeah, and from, from just, like, living in a community, you would think by voting people out, you would make life easier. You would think. But with the complexity of this game, your goal is to win the game. And you have to be sitting next to somebody at the end of the game who could also receive votes from the jury. So the problem is you are trying to do what's best for you to get yourself to the end beside people that you think you can beat but everybody else is doing that same thing. They're playing the same game. They're saying, who can I sit to, or sit, sit next to at the end of the game that I think I can beat? So if somebody wants to take you to the end, that could be a good thing for you because you're like, okay, I want to get to the end. But you also have to stop and think, why do they want to take me to the end? If they want to take me to the end, then they think they can beat me. Do I think I can beat them? Why do they think they can beat me? So it does get complex. Also going to be like using you for something and you have to think like, what is it? Exactly. Even if it's not, um, like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying like, if you, if you want to keep somebody around, you have a reason for doing that. And like, I would want to know like somebody's reason for keeping me around. Or voting you out. Because some people get completely blindsided and then don't even know why they were targeted to begin with. So something you hit on was uh, big personalities. And that's definitely something we saw very early in the first episode. So on the Toggy tribe, right away, Rudy starts taking control of the leadership role. He was a Navy SEAL. He's one of the older guys in the game. So he immediately goes to work barking orders. And uh, they pull Kelly Wigglesworth aside. And, you know, she has a one-on-one moment with the camera. She talked about how Rudy really annoyed her there uh, by taking that leadership role. And I think that's something interesting that we see just out in society in general. I feel like it's a pretty even split of people who want order and people who want freedom. And that's something that actually like clashes a lot in the game, not just in this season, but every season. You see certain people who like to step up and take the leadership role But a lot of times that puts a big target on their back because there's people who want more freedom and don't want to be told what to do. So it's a real balance of, do I step up to be the leader because I think it can help the tribe? Or do I step back because I'm worried that's going to put a target on my back as a player and maybe get me voted out? I know that if I was in this game, like, I would immediately be annoyed by Rudy. But when I stop and think about it, like, I don't think he did anything wrong, like, It makes sense that somebody would have to, like, step up like that um, just to, like, keep everyone on track. Um, But I just know that I wouldn't like being around him (laughs) because I don't like other people telling me what to do, even though somebody has to do it. And I also don't want to be the person telling everyone what to do. (laughs) So I'm not going to give any spoilers, um, but I will say that... Richard Hatch and Rudy, they develop this friendship throughout the game, which is 
really beautiful to watch, um, and we'll discuss that more as we get further into the season. But Richard Hatch was another person that people were annoyed with. I believe it was Sean, who's the doctor. So Dr. Sean, I think he was the one who was annoyed with Richard when he was sitting on the tree and was trying to get the whole crop the whole tribe to like sit there and talk and figure out what they were going to do and come up with a goal as a team um and you don't really know this because you haven't watched Survivor as much but that moment where Richard Hatch is like sitting on the tree is actually kind of an iconic moment because it's one of the first moments of strategy that we see in Survivor. So the rest of his tribe was standing in a circle there, and he was sitting in a tree off to the side, just watching and listening and taking in information. So while some people were very, we need to build the shelter, we need to find water, we need to start a fire, he was just sitting back and taking in information. Um, so having only watched one episode, how important do you think that information is in the game versus getting work done, like collecting firewood, starting fire and things like that. Um, it's hard to say because there are like multiple aspects of the game. You do kind of have like the social aspect where, I mean, it's like, who was it that said, was it Richard that said, um, I already have my $1 million check written. Yes, so I actually have that in the notes here, and I just read in my notes, it was actually Dirk, it wasn't Dr. Sean that got annoyed okay. uh, with Richard. So Dirk is uh, the farmer boy who's a Christian. He brought his Bible. He's the one who actually got annoyed with Richard. And then, yes, right below that, I've written down that Richard does claim to have the million-dollar check already written in his name. So he comes in with such confidence and he even called it arrogance himself. So he comes in with confidence and arrogance that he's going to win this game. And that's something we're going to see later on in future seasons too, is everybody comes in expecting to win. But what's crazy is 16 people come in expecting to win this game and there's only one winner. Well, I think he has the right idea, like um, trying to play a social game because obviously you would have to like see what's going on, see the bigger picture he wants to talk to people and get to know them and um, kind of just come up with a team purpose. So I can understand that. Like, he's just playing every aspect of the game. And I feel like everybody else is just trying to play, like, the survival aspect of the game. And that was his frustration in that moment. I loved Richard's interaction um, with Susan uh, because she was... She was saying, oh, I'm a redneck. I don't understand the corporate world. And he's like, this isn't the corporate world. This is just us communicating and trying to put together a game plan. Yeah. Um, and I think Richard was kind of trying to take a leadership role uh, in the way yeah. of coming up with a game plan and a goal for the team. But he wasn't as blunt about it as Rudy was. And so I think that kind of makes Rudy and Richard a good pair because Rudy's up front taking that leadership role and kind of taking the heat. And Richard is trying to kind of take that role, but letting Richard take the heat instead of him. Um, so very early on, like Richard knows that he doesn't want to be the person barking orders, which I think is a very smart move on his behalf. 
Um, switching over to the other tribe, though, we have the Pagong tribe. And over there, at the very beginning, we see Bibi, who is one of the other older gentlemen in the game, and Ramona going out and searching for the water well. And it took them a really long time to find the water well, but one of the things I thought was funny is they were talking about hiding the map to the water well, yeah. so that way they couldn't be voted out of the game because their tribe needs and they water. they laughed, but, you know, like, they could have. That, that's one of the interesting they things about... They could have been about, really mean. That's one of the interesting things about Survivor, because there's not that many rules. You have to compete in the challenges, you have to do your best, and if you lose the challenges, you go to tribal council where somebody will be voted out, but you have to build a tribe where you're going to live together and you kind of get to come up with those rules yourself, which is really interesting. Um, and I wonder if that's something that Survivor actually would have let happen if they would have let BB and Ramona use that as a strategy in their game. Um, they or, have to intervene before somebody died. Yeah, or if it would be a safety <laughs> issue. So I wonder if they had actually tried that if the production team would have stopped them. But I'm not sure because they didn't actually do it. They were really just joking about it. Yeah. Some of the other things that I noticed that these tribes have that we don't have in later seasons is bug nets. Bugs are a big thing when you're out on these islands. Um, so that's kind of like a quality of life thing that some of them got from taking it off the boat. Um, and that probably made life a little bit easier, especially like sleeping at night, having those bug nets. But in later seasons, these people are left to deal with all the elements themselves and they get very little resources. So that's just one major way that the game does change uh, over the years. It's already pretty bad. They have rats in their ears at night. Yes, yes, that was definitely something that they were talking about is rats crawling all over them at night. And then Sue, or Susan, she was talking about uh, how she's looking forward to eating rat soup because rats are just squirrels without bushy tails. I bet coming home to your real life after competing on this show feels like luxury. <laughs> My question to you is, would you eat a rat if you were on this show? Um, or I is mean, that a line you would not cross? You would have to, right? Like, it's a squirrel without a fuzzy tail, as they were saying on the show. Okay, okay, so you're on board with Sue. If, you would, if, you would um, eat a rat. If I were to go to a restaurant and the chef wanted to cook, like, a really gourmet rat soup, <laughs> and it was a place that I trusted, I would eat it. Okay, I, so... I wouldn't be happy about eating anything on the island, to be honest. Well, I mean, fruits would probably be fine. Like, yeah. you can find fruits and vegetables. Um, so to everyone listening... Whether you're listening on Spotify, they have a Q&A section down below, or if you're listening on like YouTube, you can go over to our comments and uh, let us know. If you were on the game of Survivor, would you eat a rat? Or is that where you draw the line? I mean, it's you have to eat something. If that's what's for dinner, that's what's for dinner. <laughs> so we go back over to the Toggy tribe, because most of this episode did revolve around the Toggy tribe because they do end up losing that first immunity challenge. So we have to know a little bit more about their social dynamics going into tribal council. Um, one of the funny things that Rudy said, he was out in the water all alone and he was talking about how he's much older than a lot of the other players. And one really funny line from Rudy was, I don't even know what MTV means. <laughs> Clearly he does. 
I don't think so. I think he was pretty serious when he said he didn't know what MTV means. Okay, fair enough. And then um, we get a shot of Sue with a knife literally cutting knots out of her hair. Yes. And you were like, hey, you got to do what you got to do. If you're not provided with a hairbrush, I would say, yeah, your hair gets a little tangly. You got to get rid of it if it's in your way. (laughs) And then not long after that, we see a shot of Sonia playing her ukulele. And so you asked me where she got a ukulele. Something else that is very different in these early seasons is I believe everybody was given one item that they could bring from home. And so for the first few seasons, everybody was given that luxury. They got one luxury item. Uh, And then in later seasons, they were able to pick an item, but that would be part of a reward challenge. So if you're on the winning team of the reward challenge, then you get your personal item, but the other tribe doesn't. And then I think they eventually just did away with the personal items altogether. So that is something that we do see early on here. We see Sonia with her ukulele. We saw Dirk bring his Bible, um, but that isn't something that we really see in the future seasons. So we get on to the immunity challenge, which in this episode is also a reward challenge. And the reward is 50 waterproof matches, which stuck out to me because typically the first immunity challenge and first reward is Flint which they can use to start a fire. In this case, they actually didn't give them a flint. They went straight with waterproof matches, which it's a lot easier to start a fire with a match than it is with a flint. So that stuck out to me. And I also noticed that the challenge wasn't really that difficult. They basically had to carry this raft that had some fire on it and light these torches, but they literally just had to run into a straight line. So it wasn't a super competitive challenge. It wasn't a super hard challenge. Um, So the challenges and gameplay in that aspect definitely do develop over the seasons. But you could see some of the signatures that Survivor is known for is lacking in this first episode. Um, Like Jeff at the beginning of every challenge for the longest time would yell, come on in guys. And then season 41, they changed that to just come on in. Um, to be more aware of like the pronouns they're using and things like that. Um, But in this episode, it actually just starts with them standing on their mats. He doesn't ever tell them to come in. And then usually throughout these challenges, you hear a lot from Jeff. Like he's narrating what's going on in the challenge. He's motivating them at times, telling them to dig in and fight harder. Oh yeah, that wasn't really a thing this time. Yeah, that wasn't a thing. He was kind of just like a silent observer. Exactly. So he talked a little bit before the challenge and a little bit after, but he was pretty silent observer. So that was one of those things where, you know, he hadn't really grown into his role as the host yet. Um, So that's fun to watch. And I'm, you know, watching like the newest season of Survivor now. And it's interesting just to see how young he looks in the first season because, you know, it's been 22 years now. Mm -hmm. So when we did get to the challenge, though, One of the first things you said was, wow, the camera crew have to get in the water because they do shoot these like underwater angles. And one of the things that I've always been impressed with with Survivor is how many different camera angles they can catch without showing any of the cameras in the shot. Yeah. I think that is quite remarkable. But I did feel like their, their overall first challenge was pretty easy compared to the challenges you see later on in the game. 
That makes sense. If it starts out perfect, there's no room for growth. Yeah. <laughs> um, another interesting thing is at immunity challenge, typically, if you lose the immunity challenge, you go to tribal council that night. But in this first season, they're actually going to tribal council the next day. So they have all night to talk about it, discuss, sleep on it, talk about it all the next day, and then go to tribal council. But in later seasons, it's you wake up in the morning, you go check tree mail, you see there's a challenge today, you go to the challenge. If you lose, you come back to camp, you're scrambling, you're talking to everybody. Who are we going to vote out? Who are we going to vote out? And then um, try and come up with your plan and then go to tribal council that same night. So it's a very taxing day. You wake up, you have a long journey to your challenge, you compete in the challenge, you walk back to camp, you know, you're scrambling all day, having all these conversations, making all these decisions. You can get very fatigued. Meanwhile, your body is running on no food, you have no energy, and then you have to go to tribal council and vote somebody out and hope that it's not you. Yeah, that is going to make things pretty interesting. Another funny thing at Tribal Council is in this first season, they actually have like a little chest with the money sitting there by the fire. They definitely don't have that in later seasons. And I don't know why, that just really stuck out to me and I thought that was pretty funny. The money? Yes, like they the actually had, yeah, they had the chest full of cash for the prize money. Honestly, it was probably fake money. Yeah, it But would have like, to be. It's, it's funny that they have it just like sitting there uh, while they're at tribal council. So they're looking at it, reminded of what they're playing for. So another big difference, uh, just showing like where Jeff hadn't really grown into this role yet, is when they went to vote, he pointed at Sonya and said, you're first. But in later seasons, Jeff's very good about like always trying to use people's names and pronouncing names uh, correctly, which I've always admired about like his role as the host is using names and not just being like you or hey or whatever. Um, I did think that was kind of funny. Yeah. He was he, just like pointing at her, you're first. It almost sounded unprofessional <laughs> and also very cold, like yeah. you're first. <laughs> and she just got up and did it. Okay, so we see the first vote, and what really stuck out to me um, about this first episode is it actually didn't show a whole lot of the people running around scrambling, talking about who they're going to no, vote for. it really didn't. Yeah, because that's something you see a lot is like, oh, well, we need to vote for these people, and then you see the other side of the tribe, and they're talking about we need to vote for these people, and then there's usually like one person in the middle who really everything hangs in the balance, and they kind of get to choose who goes home. But we didn't really see a whole lot of that, so we didn't know what to expect going into Tribal Council. But Sonya... They also didn't talk a lot before voting. I, I noticed that as well. I feel like, like sometimes that I've seen, like when at times that I've seen you watching, they've like really discussed it before they started the vote. Yeah, and I think that's another aspect of Jeff like growing into this role is he definitely is really good at like getting to the meat of what's going on at camp even though he's never at camp he doesn't watch camp like that's a specific design of the game that's kind is that, of insane yeah there's a specific design to the game where jeff really isn't supposed to see that much of the social side of the game but then he sits there and asks these questions and he asks some of the best questions i've ever seen and it's crazy how quickly he can 
get down to the root of an issue just by asking questions when he doesn't even know what problems are going on in camp. So I do love that aspect of the game, which was lacking, you know, in this early season. So Sonya kind of fell on the bottom going into this travel council because she did fall in the immunity challenge, which did contribute to their loss. And, um, she did go home in a four to three to one vote. And the one vote actually did stick out to me because Richard Hatch voted for Stacy, and he was the only one who voted for Stacy, and he didn't really elaborate on why. So I thought that was an interesting decision from him that he didn't really make a he didn't really give us a clear explanation yeah, of why he voted. But for it her. seemed like he didn't even know. Yeah, and that it almost seems like he was. It seems like he either had like a bad vibe or whatever, or. He couldn't think of anyone else better to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a little bit of both. It, it, It's like we were saying, it didn't show much of them, like, running around and scrambling and talking no. to so other people. No, so we don't know why. We and can't so even guess at it. <laughs> I wonder, was he involved in any conversations at all about who to vote out? Or was it just, that's what he wanted, so that's what he went with? I'm I'm really not sure, but that, that weird random one vote on Stacy did seem weird. Um, and so after we saw Sonia go home, one of the things you said to me was you'd be surprised if an older woman or an older person won this show. Well, yeah, because Sonia got voted out first. And I mean, at least one person just outright said she was the weakest link in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's interesting because... Rudy also got a lot of votes, but for seemingly kind of a different reason. Like, Sonya is, I guess everybody sees her as, like, physically inept because of, like, her age. But also when you look at, like, Rudy, I feel like it's more of a... I don't know, I feel like the age difference with Rudy is less in, like, the survival aspect and more of, like, the social aspect and, like... Not everybody clicking because it is some younger people. Yeah, I definitely think that is a challenge that older people have always faced in this game because older people generally have more difficulty with the challenges. So it's harder for them to win. It's harder for them to get immunity and to secure their safety in the game. But then also just because of the generational divide, it's also harder for the older people to get in on the social aspect of the game because it's harder for them to connect with the younger players. So it kind of, this game ostracizes the older people a lot of times. And so it's not uncommon to see the older players go out first because the very beginning stage of the game is the tribal stage and you need your tribe to win to keep the numbers and to keep yourself safe. And if your tribe's losing, you're going to be at tribal council every single night and they don't want to go through that. So it does make sense that older players a lot of times are some of the first ones to go. Yeah, that's just kind of the game that it is. Um, Like, I hate that because, like, I like that they are able to go on the show with everybody else. But, like, it just makes me wonder, like, how often does it actually, like, work out for them on the show? Like, how far do they get? Yeah, and I like I said, I don't want to spoil things, um, but obviously you'll see as we get through more and more episodes and more and more seasons, and you'll see 
are the older people always the first people voted out do they ever make it far into the game do they ever win the game and you know that's some of the storylines we'll cover as we go more and more into the series yeah i'm also interested in seeing like if there are other groups of people that are also um struggling more yeah well that's that's actually something that's been talked a lot about in the later seasons. so this is actually interesting that you bring it up so once we get you know into 2020 and things started happening with the pandemic and with george floyd and things like that a lot of the seasons that we saw come after that 41 42 43 a lot of the things that were talked about is how minorities are often voted out early um and then it's also very difficult for women to win this game And so I believe in the early seasons, it actually was a pretty even split on how many men and how many women won the game. But then as the series goes on, um, the gameplay rises to a higher and higher level and women have struggled to win the game as this social gameplay gets to higher and higher levels. And I think a large part of that that some of the women have talked about, and you'll see this in the later seasons, is some of the women talk about how If as a man, you make big moves and you lie to people and deceive people and kick them out, it's a good strategic play. But if you do that as a woman, you're evil. evil. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, women get this stigma when they make big moves that men don't get. So I do find that interesting that you said that because there are obviously other groups of people that struggle to win the game. Another group that often struggles to win the game is the very physically fit men because they're seen as challenge threats. So they don't want them to go on a immunity run win and basically win their way to the end and then win the game. So if they think that somebody's going to be a big challenge threat, those people often get voted out as well, which is why a lot of the greatest players to ever play this game never actually win you have to be unassuming and you have to make sure everybody likes you and you have to be physically fit enough to like really contribute so that everybody will like you but you can't overdo it because you don't want to be like seen as the person that everybody wants to get rid of because you're the one who's gonna win exactly so it seems like you already have a a a really good understanding of the game even after just one episode i think the most like I think the thing about the show that's going to be the most interesting to me is just their social interactions and, like I said, like, seeing what kind of people, like, have it harder, what kind of people have it easier, like, I think that's the most interesting aspect of the game. And and that's the most interesting aspect of the game for me, and Jeff Probst has said this multiple times as well, like, the most entertaining moments are these real human moments where you see these people's lives beyond the game and you see like the traumas that have impacted them and the enlightenment they get from going to this island and the soul searching they do while they're there and then you also see like real world issues come into the game and like be exposed and talked about like in the game with real emotion and real passion and those are the most interesting moments that i absolutely love um and then also just the unpre unpredictability of the game because there's so many moving pieces like you can often get down to a final five you go down from 16 players in this season 
but other seasons have 18 or 20 players and you get down to like four or five and still sometimes you don't know who's going to win the season because it can be that close of a game and that's what I absolutely love about it. So overall, how do you feel about the show in general after just one episode? Yeah, I think it's a good like glimpse into um, just like the basics of how the show is set up. Um, I can't remember if you said they keep like keep it consistent with like two tribes or if they have more tribes in the future. Like I don't really remember what you said about that. Um, so a lot of seasons have two tribes and then some seasons do have three. So those are very entertaining seasons where they split them up into three. So because if you have a season with 18 players and instead of starting them out on two tribes of eight, like it is in this first season, they're divided into three tribes of six. So then when you lose an immunity challenge, there's even less room to hide because there's less players on your tribe to begin with. So I guess what I'm wondering is since the people are split into two different tribes, like, is there going to be any aspect of, like, the group as a whole? Like, are they really going to, like, come together? Or is it kind of just two separate things going on? Okay, that's an interesting question because they're actually does seem to be three major points in the game. So there's the tribe aspect of the game where they're divided into two tribes. Yeah. And so you have to try and survive on your tribe. Then in later seasons, this doesn't happen in the earlier seasons, but then in the later seasons, there are tribe swaps. So they will show up to a challenge thinking they're about to compete in a challenge. And Jeff will say, drop your buffs, it's time for a tribe swap. And then they randomly draw buffs to put them on new tribes with new people and have to form new relationships. And they're basically starting over in the middle of the game. And then they'll compete like that for a while, still voting some more people out. And then the third critical point in the game is the merge. And so the merge is when all the remaining tribe members, no matter which tribe you're on, come together and form one giant tribe. And at that point, they stop competing for tribal immunity and start competing for individual Individual. immunity. So at that point, one person will be safe at tribal council while everyone else is at risk of getting voted out. And then that takes us towards the end of the game. And at the very end of the game, you usually, in the earlier seasons, they have two but in the later seasons, they have three at the end, and sometimes they swap it back and forth. Um, you can never know what's going to happen on Survivor. So you could go in one season thinking, okay, I got to make it to the final two, and it turns out there's a final three. Or one season you can be like, hey, I, I need to make it to the final three, and you find out, hey, this season it's actually just a final two. Um, so that's another interesting thing is that does change. But when you get to that final tribal council, whether it's two or three, the power switches from the players in the game to the players that are on the jury who then get to vote for a winner. So there's like four really key points in the game. So you have your original tribes, your tribe swaps, your merge, which it becomes an individual game, and then the jury's decision. So four major aspects to the game. Okay, so we have 16 players in this inaugural season of Survivor. Do you have a guess at who would be the winner of the game? And do I need to read you a list of the players' names? Okay, read the list of names. Okay, so we have Richard Hatch, 
which is the communications major. I think you know who that is. There's Rudy. You know who that is. Sonia, which you already know that Sonia doesn't win the game as she was the first person voted out. We have Gretchen, who was the person trying to talk BB down when he was overworking himself on the shelter, okay. which we didn't even really discuss that here. Um, there's Kelly Wigglesworth. She is the person who got annoyed with Rudy at the very beginning when they first got to the island. Okay. Then we have Susan, who's the truck driver redneck. Okay. <laughs> and then we have Stacy, who Richard ended up voting for. Um, Jervis, who is on the Pagong tribe, so we haven't seen a whole lot from him yet. Ramona, who went to the water well with BB. We have Dirk, who is the Christian who brought his Bible. He's also a farmer. Um, and then we have Joel. Was that the doctor? No, Sean no. is the doctor. They all look... This is the guy from Little Rock. From Little Rock. Yes. Okay. So then there's Joel, which we haven't seen much from him in the game so far. Um, then we have Greg, who is the blonde-haired guy on um, Pagong. We haven't seen a whole lot from him yet. Um, there's Jenna, which you're going to love Jenna. She's one of the best players. I love her I so much. I don't even know who that is. You don't know who she is because they barely showed her in this first episode. <laughs> But my God, I love her to death. She plays multiple seasons. She's such a sweetheart. She's always talking about her two daughters. One of my favorite players to watch play the game. And then we Can have- Can you show me a picture of her? Yeah. You said that they barely showed her, so I doubt I'll recognize her. Okay, this is her. Okay. Yeah, I don't know much about her. Okay, and then there is Colleen which she's the girl who has like the shorter hair, uh, super skinny. Hasn't shown a lot about her either yet in the game. Then we have Sean, who is the doctor. And then the last player is BB, which is the older gentleman working on the shelter at the Pagong tribe. So out of the 16 players in season one, after just one episode, who would you guess wins the game? Well, you were right to tell me that I will have no clue on episode one. Um, it really just seems like a group of people. Like, I could see any of them winning. Um, but, you know, I'm going to guess that one of the older people doesn't win. Um, okay, so Sonia has already left. So you're guessing that it's not Rudy, that it's not Bibi. Because those are the two other clearly older people and then Gretchen and Susan both seem slightly on the older side but not not like super old I'm so. gonna say it's it's going to be a man and it's going to be a man in their 20s or 30s or 40s okay <laughs> so that okay so a man in 20s 30s or 40s yeah. sounds like it could be Richard uh sounds like it could be Jervis Dirk Joel, Greg, or Sean? Joel, Dirk, Greg, or Sean. I do not know the difference or between any of them. <laughs> That's funny. So Dirk, Joel, Greg, and Sean, you don't know the difference between any of them. Well, Sean's the doctor, so okay. we did see a little bit from... I don't remember much about his personality. Yeah, they didn't show Who's much of him. the one with the Bible? Uh, that's Dirk. Okay. 
What else did he do? Um, they didn't show much of Dirk in this first episode. They did show him getting annoyed with Richard when Richard was, like, trying to talk to the Is group. he the one that was like, and I don't like those kinds of people? Yes, that was him. <laughs> okay, um, you know what? Since I don't have anyone and I don't want to name somebody that I don't really know, I'm just gonna go with him. With Dirk? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, so... <laughs> You're, you're gonna... I can't really picture him winning right now. I can't picture any of them winning. Well, that that's how episode one of every season starts out. You're introduced to, you know, 16, 18, 20 new players, and you don't know any of them. So most of the time, you're like, I can't see any of these people winning. But then throughout the game, as they vote people out, as they make big moves, as they make strategic decisions, you start to see who deserves to win this game. But even that is interesting because you start to see who deserves to win the game, but then other players start noticing who deserves to win the game, and then those people have the target on their back and potentially could get sent home. So it's a very it, it's very interesting how it How develops. would you be good at this game? Like it really feels like you just have to like get lucky and win. I know that's not the case, but there there's a lot left up to chance. There is a lot left up to chance in this game. And then there are there are good players, there are great players, and then there are winners. Is it ever, like, a character that you think shouldn't win? Like, they're just really bad and they end up winning? Okay, so there's actually... Uh, so this is one of... I'm glad you brought this up as we were about to wrap up this episode. So there actually is one winner that I did not like her gameplay. Uh, there are a lot of controversial winners. Mm -hmm. but Well, it, yeah, it, you would kind of have to be sometimes to it, win. Exactly. So in my opinion, like, I don't really care if you're a controversial winner. A winner is a winner. You did something that so few people have done. You know, after 43 completed seasons, because they're currently working on season 44 right now. Well, it's actually coming out. Season 44 is coming out right now, but it's not completed. So after 43 seasons, there have been 41 winners because two people have won twice. So there's only 41 people in the world that have won this game. So it doesn't matter how you win. If you win, you deserved that win no matter what. And that's something we do see later on in Winners at War. We talk, we see some of these winners talking about how they struggled with feeling like they didn't deserve their win, which is actually pretty sad. And that was like one of the really touching moments of season 40. And we'll definitely get there, but we've got a long way to go. But there is one winner. I did not like her gameplay. It was very early on. Um, I don't want to say the season because I don't want to let you know that that season... Yeah. It is yeah, a female that wins, so I, I don't want to tell you which season it is. But I'm after some of the things that have happened in the later season, I'm interested to going back and watching her season, and then maybe I will have more respect for how she played the game. I wonder if I'll be able to guess just knowing the kind of people that you don't like. Well, it's not anything about somebody that I wouldn't it's like personally. It's I just I didn't think she had the best game. I think she really... Um, spent the entire game on the bottom, scrambling. I felt like her moves were sloppy. Um, 
But the more and more I think about it, like looking back, I was like, I I think she actually did play a really good game. And so I think going back and re- I think going back and rewatching that season might really change my perspective. And so that's one of the things that I'm most looking forward to rewatching the show with you. Yeah. Is watching that season and maybe that changes how I look at her as a player. Well, I think we've had a very good first episode here. I'm looking forward to watching episode two with you next week. So we have your prediction of Dirk winning the game. You'll yeah. be able to make a prediction every single week. Okay. So you It'll will get have easier every week you will have multiple you will have multiple predictions, and we will see uh, if any of them end <laughs> up being right. Any of them. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Soul Survivor. Oh. <laughs> I wasn't ready for you to be done that fast. That's so funny. I want to leave that in the episode. <laughs> We're going to leave this in the episode. <laughs> and thank you everyone for listening to Soul Survivor. See you next week.